Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are tuning in to Let's Talk Hartford Public Schools. My name is Tyrone Richardson, known as Mr. Rich. I have been a public school teacher, a principal, and I'm now an executive director in my hometown of Hartford, Connecticut. Let's Talk Hartford Public Schools is a collection of conversations with hardworking, inspired, devoted members of our community who support the education of our beautiful and capable students. Each personal story is a thread. And when weave together, these stories reveal the strong net that is our Hartford community. In supporting our children's growth, community is everything. Let's talk Hartford Public Schools. All right, so with that said, we're going to get into our next episode. And today I am delighted to have on my brother, Mr. Nick LeBron. And Nick has all these titles, right? So I'm going to try to read his titles real quick. He's the operations and See, here we go. The Operations and Community Partnerships Manager for Catholic Charities. He is the Active City Board Chair, and he's off. He's also the Harvard City Councilman. I had to put it like that, brother. That's Welcome that. to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on, man. You do so much for us, man. So much for our school system. And we've been rolling for a long time. Back in the days, playing ball at Webster and everything like that, man. Um, appreciate you being here. So you got to start from the beginning, right? So tell us, where were you born? Where'd you grow up at? Yeah, so um, I was born and raised in Hartford. Um, you know, uh, my father was from Bellevue Square. My mom lived on the Sim Street area. Yep. So, uh, you know, born, you know, born there. And then subsequently, you know, when I was around four, Mom was like very vigilant. My mom was very vigilant uh, about education. Like, it, and so what she did was she moved to the West End and uh, did her research and enrolled me into Noah Webster School. Okay. So she moved into, we moved into Clemens Place, which I would say that's primarily where I was raised until I was like 12. And that's on uh, Farmington Ave? Uh, Noah Webster is, oh, Clemens Place is on Farmington yeah, Ave. Clemens Place, Farmington Ave, and then Noah Webster. Um, over right two uh, a couple blocks down take a right you get to Noah Webster correct um so you was over the west end okay still yeah, Harvard public end. schools but a nice little population over there and and where'd you you went to Noah Webster from what K to eight so yeah I went to K, no it was a K through six school at that time so yeah. I went from K through six uh graduated there in sixth grade and then you know I have an interesting academic uh um uh, career I guess you would say all of my schools, all the way through my master's were in Hartford. So, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll list them. So I went to Noah Webster from K through six. Yeah. Then I went to Cork Middle, uh, which is on Albany Avenue. Um, and uh, that was a middle school, the, the, um, the old middle school model, which was a seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. Um, so I went to uh, Cork Middle. From there, I went to the second oldest high school in the country, which is Hartford High. I'm a right. proud representative. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm an owl. And uh, from there, I graduated from Capital Community College, which is right in Hartford. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm an old head, so I graduated from the old campus. Yeah, right uh, on um, Woodland. On Woodland Street. And yeah. then from there, I got a scholarship to go to Trinity College for my bachelor's. Wow. And so I graduated from Trinity College. You know, decided was trying to see what I what I can do. You know, um, you know, in my career journeys and, and and different things. And then I decided to go back for my master's at Trinity as well. So for, now for getting a scholarship, hold on, slow down a little bit, man. Getting a scholarship from Trinity College, yeah, they got some smarts going on up there. What was the scholarship for? So it was interesting enough. You know, a, a lot of times in our journeys, you know, we meet people that help us, right? And it's important, like not only the hard work but also to make connections and build relationships. Relationships matter. So when I graduated Hartford High, you know, Hartford High was a different place. Uh, it was a lot of students. Um, it, it's not like the, the models today. So mm -hmm. when I went to Capital Community College, I, you know, I had some professors that really uh, connected with me. Um, you know, uh, I was majoring in social work. And so uh, uh, Dr. Ricardo Josiah was one. Um, and then there was another uh, professor by the name of, of, of Fran Dumfrey. Okay. But they got me to understand uh, different parts of education. Um, but the connection that I made was with a person by the name of Denise Best. 
who is a mover and shaker in Hartford. And at the time yeah. she worked for Trinity College. Yeah. So I remember I was in the cafeteria at Capitol and um, there were, they were, they were subsequent um, colleges there that were uh, recruiting students. And at the time I had no idea. I didn't think I could go to Trinity College. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's one of the, you know, it's small Ivy. You know, there was no doubt in my mind that, you know, I just walked right by them. And Denise pulled me over. She said, hey, come here for a second. And I was like, hey, how you doing? She's like, you know, you're a student here, so forth and so on. And she took me and she said, you know, you can go here, right? You know, and at the time I was doing really well. I was on the um, high honors. I, I think I had a 4.0. Yeah. Um, and I still didn't think that I can go to Trinity. And Denise put me on the pathway there. And I end up going into a, a uh, individualized de- degree program uh, for students out of Hartford, adult mm-hmm. students. And uh, they gave me a half off scholarship, which is pretty significant um, for a Trinity College education. So um, I took I took I took the ball and ran with it. And uh, it was a blessing and it changed my life. No doubt. Shout out to Denise Best, too. I know she's still active in the NRZs over there in the North End. Um, She has a little radio show that she does on Sunday. You get all her emails and stuff. So that's that's big time. I didn't know that she was working there and hooked you up with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to back up a little bit more, though. Oh, to your um well first of all harper high what year did you graduate Nine, uh, <laughs> there you go that's all i need to know now, growing, up, growing up in that time it was it was after me so i got some ages on you but growing up in that time man we you know in hartford especially with you going through school and whatnot we had a lot of um gang activity um and stuff coming up um how did you navigate that stuff to get through school and get through college and make it to where you are now? You know, Ty, I think it's important for us to keep it real, right? I, I know this oh, is no for students, right? And, yeah. uh, and uh, I'll try to um, keep it um, as real as possible without going into like a lot of the details. Yeah. What I will say is that it was very difficult, right? On a really like, just on a small level, like walking to school was a challenge. Yeah. At the time there was a lot of gang involvement and the interesting piece, like I'm a big time Boston Celtic fan, big time Patriots fan, big time Boston Red Sox fan. And I couldn't wear none of that. No. <laughs> because all of those colors were associated with gangs. Yeah. And so um, and then the neighborhood um, that I came from, um, you know, it was associated with a, with a certain gang either. And I don't want to acknowledge the names of the gangs because I don't mm-hmm. want to glorify them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they were actually inhibiting um and so what would happen is, you know, on the walk to school, you know, you have to go through things. And um, I remember just being in the hallways and, you know, I would, they, would, they would name call me and people would try to egg me on. But at this point, like I was already super focused on graduating and I already had made it this far. So by the time I made it to 12th grade, it was like there was nothing that was going to be in my way. And, um, you know, sometimes in terms of resilience, you know, you have to overcome obstacles and you have to look the other way. So there were often times that people would, you know, in those times would egg me on, would, 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 would try to challenge me. But my goal there was just to graduate. And I knew how important that academic was. Yeah. So yeah, it was challenging. I mean, to go, to walk down a hallway where people are calling you names and you still have to, you know, walk down the hallway and keep your head up high. And, um, you know, um, but but the but the good part is what I would say is, you know, I had a core group of friends um, that um, we were highly connected. And although, you know, know, so I wasn't alone. You know, there was a there was a few of us that that wanted to get out of there, that wanted to do the right things. And so, you know, you connect with those people and some of them are lifelong friends. And, you know, when I graduated, you know, it's it's hundreds of people. When I went to my high school reunion, yeah, such an amazing event because, like, these are all the people that think and like the same music and the same interests mm-hmm. and you talk the same talk. And they're all on different journeys, plumbers, electricians, some, you know, chemical engineers, some, mm-hmm. you know, all these successful people. But when we came together for our high school reunion, it was like family and it was like we were talking the same language and like I see people to this day I haven't seen in years and it's like we pick up like the day that that we left and I remember that and I, I remember those times finally that through 
through the resilience and through the obstacles that we had to overcome, we had each other. And so we highly connected with each other to push through. So I, I bring that stuff up only just to um, make a point when we get to what you're doing now, right? Because we, in life, you have that journey and somewhere along the way, you find your, your reason for being who you are and your passion in life. And I think that your upbringing kind of got you to a certain place where you are now. Staying in that, that frame of mind of your younger days, um, favorite teacher in any school? Yeah, okay, so um, favorite teacher, I would say in Noel Webster was Miss Zanoni. Um, she, she introduced science in a positive way. She also had a computer in her class. So if you, if you, if you behave well, or you did everything well, you could come before. When it was one computer in a class. Yeah, one computer. No, <laughs> one computer. And they, were, yeah. they had games on it. And like, it was the most simplest games, but it was amazing. Right. Yeah. And like you could come in a half an hour early before entry and she'll come out and she'll grab, you know, four or five of us and we'll go upstairs. And she just introduced science in a different and interesting way. And she was very passionate. I remember, um, you know, and then also with reading, uh, she got me hooked into reading, okay. um, reading stories. So what she would do is uh, we would read novels throughout the year as a class. And that was something that was very interesting because otherwise as a kid, a 10 year old, like to go home and take that book and have the discipline to do it. Well, she created these stories around it. And like, we read like four or five novels. So nice. like, you know, a teacher can, can just hand you the book and tell you to go read it, but she created curriculum around it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if there was a movie associated with, um, you know, um, it, it, it was, she was just wonderful. In middle school, it was only two years. It was hard to connect. You know, it was just, it was very busy. But in high school, if it wasn't for my principal, shout out to Mrs. Green. Mrs. Green knew the challenges that I was talking about earlier. Yep. And she allowed me to, you know, take time when I needed to uh, take time. You know, sometimes I just needed to get out of the classroom. There was a lot going on. And this was before, you know, people understood and appreciated social emotional learning right? Like understanding the whole child that we try to do now and the whole student, should I say, because I felt like I was a grown man. I was a grown man. So, um, but Mrs. Green, if it wasn't for her efforts and her touch points and being able for her being connected to me and me having to connect to her and her investing in me, I probably wouldn't have graduated. So that's my favorite principle. And when I see it to this day, she always, she always, uh, shies away from it but i thank her and uh and uh, you know i thank her for being patient with me as well now we're talking about gail green yes listen uh, superb individual superb individual she's retired now mm -hmm. but she does listen to the show so yes. shout out to gail happy retirement yes um, enjoy your retirement you changed lives big time big time i can attest to that too she was our gym teacher there when i was there so, yeah, she, so she went from gym teacher up. to principal yep yep mm -hmm. No, uh, shout out to Gail for sure. So we got your we got your your um, education down up to a T all the way through Trinity. How did you end up where you are now? What was your trajectory from Trinity? Well, I think what happened is it, with all of my academic life, right? So the the things that I majored in was related to the to the uh, my profession that I was in at that moment. Yeah. So my I grew up in a social work home. So my mom was a social worker for the, um, the welfare department. Okay. So I was exposed to a lot of language, exposed to a unique understanding of community and what social work meant. Um, and so as a result, when I went to Capitol, um, I uh, majored in social work. So, but at the same time, I was going through jobs, you know, I was working at a car dealership at the time. It was making decent money, but I, it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't my passion. Yeah. Um, I was just working to basically take care of my family. I had a young family at that point. So um, I took a chance and I um, applied for a job or I, I started going to Capitol and I met someone there and she said, Nick, you can work as a, a parent aide. And I'm like, but I don't have a degree. All I have, I'm working at a car dealership. She said, just apply. Right. And Mar uh, her name was Mar Marcia. And, you know, Marcia got me the job interview. And then uh, my, um, my supervisor and the director at the time 
uh, Miss Kathy Service and Miss D. Chawell, they took a chance on me. I had no social work background, but they saw something in me. Why? Well, I, I mean, I was raised in a social work home, but I didn't have any, you know, so they saw something in me and that started my career. And like I said, like, you know, relationships matter and it's these important milestones that can help you. So as a result of that, yep. I worked in the social work profession for a number of years. And so then I got a job um, as a, 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 a family, uh, no, so then I got my bachelor's degree. I went on to get my bachelor's degree in psychology uh, from Trinity. From there, um, at the time it was different, the licensing and all that was different. So um, another person took a chance on me to be a family therapist. So I was a licensed family therapist, functional family therapist, evidence-based with only a bachelor's degree. And one of the reasons why was because I spoke Spanish and I was a male in a female dominated industry. Uh, and I was also from an urban neighborhood. So I could yeah. go to different places that other people felt uncomfortable at. So I worked all over the state as a, you know, a social worker per se. So I, I worked in New Haven. I worked in Bridgeport. I put my boots on the ground, like, you know, and, you know, Bridgeport, New Haven, Waterbury, New London, yeah. you know, um, uh, obviously Hartford. Uh, and so like I did that work. I worked a lot of times. I loved working with dads. Um, you know, the system doesn't necessarily have a lot of dads. It's slanted towards moms. Um, and so I worked with a lot of dads and, and helping them. And, um, and then from there, the interesting thing was um, from a social work perspective, I, you know, I, I visited so many homes. I felt like I hit the glass ceiling in terms of like, okay, I'm just helping. Now I was, it was rewarding work, but I was just helping one family at a time. So I thought I started to think about systems and how do we change okay. systems to help a large number of families. And so then I became a family system manager at Favor. And that was basically community organizing. And so with that being said, one of the things that I just remember and I'm so proud of is that um, we um, I helped organize families all over the greater Hartford region, about 500 families, 200 youth to help change state legislation. It was called Public Act 13178. I'll never forget that. And we were, the ch children's mental health system, the way it is now in terms of access, it's not, it's not perfect, it's not the panacea, but right. it's darn sure better than what it was before. And that was from community organizing and organizing families in a way to allow families to have access to children's mental health services. So we could get into that. That's a whole bunch of different other stuff. But then from there, I started to see the impact of community organizing. And then um, the big part of it was changing, like affecting uh, legislators. And so then I became a lobbyist for education reform. And then I started to do the work for education reform. And at the same time that I was a lobbyist, now my interest pivoted into government. And so then I went back to, to get my master's at Trinity and I got my master's in public policy with a minor in education. And so that's where the shift changed from that point. Yep. I got the job here at Catholic Charities to focus on schools and, um, and, uh, and uh, 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 changing uh, statewide, um, uh, uh, what they call TANF, uh, cash assistance for families. And then, but that's also why I ran for office because I was always trying to push legislation from the community organizing side and from the lobbying side. And then I said, you know, trying to affect legislators or politicians to create change. And I said, well, let me be the, uh, on the other side of the glass where I can actually, you know, you can actually do it. Wow. it. Man, that's tough, man. That's, that's inspiring, bro. Thank you. Thank so you. I just, that's, that's, these are the types of stories that we want to put out here mm -hmm. to our listeners and to, and to let everybody know, you know, where you came from and why you do what you do in your journey to this situation. Now, along those lines too, you were doing, um, you were doing work around helping kids out with basketball, right? No, it actually started off with football. It actually started off. So with yeah, football. so the youth stuff on the side. How yeah. that done? Yeah. So, so, um, so a couple of things. So shout out to Coach Cruz. Um, you know when yeah, I was coming ben, up, right? Ben. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Ben's dad. So when I was coming up in the West End, um, Coach Cruz ran all the sports. Right. Okay. He volunteered his time for all the sports, baseball, football, basketball. So Coach Cruz was the one that in, introduced sports to us. 
And so, you know, there was a, pro there were programs that he created. And then when, you know, um, his professional journey took him out of Hartford, all the sports dropped. So fast forward, I was bringing my son to um, football uh, tryouts when he was eight years old. Yeah. I go to the field and uh, there was this gentleman there by the name of Coach Black, who's also been dedicated, you know, for 30 plus years to the youth in Hartford. But he was out there by himself with 60 kids. Yeah. And I said, I mean, you know, I don't know much about coaching, but I know me being here helps just having another adult. And that started off my coaching journey 20 years ago. Fast forward, I've, you know, um, fast forward. So, you know, I coached football for a number of years. Yeah. I uh, was the vice president for the Hartford Wildcats travel um, uh, and then moved on, uh, did basketball, created girls basketball program, really big into girls sports. Yep. Um, and creating access opportunities, you know, started up coaches, coach cruises, old programs up again. And, you know, and a lot of that, you know, one of the things I realized, like I love coaching. So, but there was this administrative piece and this, these barriers that we had to overcome. So I love coaching. When I retire, I go back to coaching, but like, I understood that in order to coach, there was so much this other stuff on the peripheral that you had to overcome. So then I shifted my focus. Me and my buddy started a nonprofit called Active City to help folks like me that was coming up and, you know, get your 501c3, like become legitimate, get your insurance, your 501c3, create a board, you know, um, you know, apply for grants, things of that nature. And I'm so proud of the fact that I, that I started off just as a parent on the side, mm -hmm. helping football that now, and just raising money in the shoebox, we literally had just like, dollars in a shoebox raising you know selling doritos and, and quarter water and juices you know yeah, to yeah, make yeah. money <laughs> to buy jerseys to now we have an 18 organization serving 2,000 kids a year with an operating budget that's exponentially larger than a shoebox and i'm so wow. proud of that because we have everything you know volleyball golf it's all these sports but the one inspiring thing, because we always got to, we can't be stagnant. We always have to move forward. The biggest thing that we made a breakthrough this year was doing uh, sports for kids with autism. I'm so excited about that opportunity too, where um, uh, parents, you know, get a respite opportunity and they bring their kids and they and we and we cycle the, the the those kids on the spectrum through different sports so they could learn different sports and. What's the age range on that? Uh, the age range we're going with high schoolers um, yeah. with with them, but we have to we have taken middle schoolers, and it it is it, it's that's the number one desirous program, right? Like that, there's a wait list for that because it's so needed. It's a gap that's needed, but these but these young folks they get to go out in the grass field and run around, and it's okay, right? Like this is what you're supposed to be doing. Where if you think about a, a young person on the spectrum, they're always told to be confined. Right. They're in confined spaces and, you know, not on purpose, not in a negative way, but like, you know, they have all this energy and they get to let it out in a positive, constructive way. And it's not even about winning or losing. Right. No, no, so so let me let me get this right. Let's let, yeah. let's hold up for some time out. Time out. Yeah. yeah. Active City Board Chair. So basically, Active City is a youth sports organization um, outside of Hartford Public Schools, sports or whatever, outside of. Connecticut, CIAC, all that kind yes. of stuff. Yes. Um, when you guys run a nonprofit and play different sports for which, who are we serving? We're serving primarily Hartford kids. Yep. Um, you know, it's also depending on the grant structure and, and, and the population, but it's primarily Hartford kids. What we will say is um, we serve kids who live, love, or learn in Hartford. Got you. Live, I, I like that. I like that. And then our head custodian over here, Mr. Harding, I, he asked me, I was setting up. He's like, who are you interviewing today? I said, I got Nick LeBron. Um, he comes, he shows me a shirt. He got an active hands, hand a guy. For real? <laughs> got an active city shirt on right now. Um, so I love it. I was like, all right. He said, yeah, um, you and um, Brian. He was like, Gallagher. I was like, yeah. yeah. You know, so good stuff over there. Lo loving yeah. what you do with that. Yes. Let's let's transition for. Oh, so how do we get in touch with Active City? What's, what's oh, so Active City, you know, we're on a, all the social media platforms. Okay. Um, you know, we I don't think we have a Twitter, but we got um, 
So the other thing too is that we have staff now. It's crazy. Like it's I'm just, just me, such a blessing. Right? But yeah. um, so uh, we have we have Instagram, we have Facebook, and we have a website with which we just uh, recently redeveloped, and okay. all of the information's there. You also can connect through the city of Hartford. They have a link to Active City. We partner with the city of Hartford. We also partner with Hartford Public Schools, who's allowed access to gyms, yep. which is an extraordinary partnership. Shout out to Dr. Torres Rodriguez and also uh, my good friend, uh, CFO, uh, Chief Family Community Partnership, uh, Michelle yep. Blackburn. <laughs> yep. That is my people's. I got to make sure I shout out my Hartford Public School people because without them, this partnership couldn't work. Thank you very much. We appreciate that big time. And I have both of them on the show. So if you want to okay. listen to their interviews, you can do that as well. Let's roll with um, Catholic Charities. Now, right now you are the Operations and Community Partnerships Manager for Catholic Charities. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? And what does Catholic Charities do with Hartford Public Schools? Uh, okay, so um, so at Catholic Charities, so um, I've, I've come up a little bit in Catholic Charities. I used to be supervisor of a lot of different programs, but now I just focus on the school. So the first is, um, I oversee a scholarship program uh, for Hartford youth at East Catholic and at Northwest Catholic. And we provide these scholarships to Hartford youth, right? Okay. So these yeah. are incredible opportunities where it changes the lives of families for generations, right? Like these are awesome wow. educations, right? But for the Hartford public schools, well, I, what I do is um, I run a um, uh, um, community schools uh, uh, it's not a model, but uh, I, we'll call it a model. Yeah. Um, and I, we created a model at the community schools. And so we're at uh, McDonough, Milner, and Parkville. Shout out to the directors there, uh, Sahar, Patrick, Patrice. Shout out to the principals there, uh, uh, Mr. Watson, uh, Mrs. Rice, Rice <laughs> and Mrs. Figueroa, and Ezzy, who are incredible partners. Um, and so what we do is we partner with, with the school. And our focus is providing wraparound in the school, because one of the things that we realize is that, you know, teachers, you know, such as yourself, Ty, by the way, uh, Mr. Richardson uh, taught my kids uh, a long time ago. I just want to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but the, the concept is, is like, you know, folks like yourself, Mr. Richardson, you know, you come up, you want to teach, you learn, you, 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 you know, you, you're, you're focused on teaching kids, you know, a certain subject and getting them through that. But kids, we understand these scholars, they come with a comprehensive whole self, mm -hmm. right? And so our goal is to focus on the wraparound and the whole self so that the teachers in the school can focus on the academics. So yeah. what we provide is, you know, clinical services, you know, um, uh, uh, daytime supports, social emotional learning, um, uh, case management, parent engagement, basic needs. Um, we Listen, are that after school, after and, school. And, I, and, 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 and that's why I say that I, I, I did that intentionally because a lot mm -hmm. of times, you know, we do after school, look, after school is the, the, the foundation, right? That's what gets yeah. us in the door. But I say that because to me, when they talk about us as just an after school program, right. I don't let nobody say that because yeah. that's a bad word, right? Because right. we do more than just after school. And so right now in the after school program, we provide enrichment opportunities that kids wouldn't normally have access to. So you got some kids playing violin right next to another, uh, another kid, um, a scholar, um, learning how to be a DJ, right? Yeah, right? And these kids are now like they're 18 years old and they're doing parties and making money being, and they learned that from, you know, the things that we brought them. I got barbering, we got karate. We brought in a plumber this year. We got um, self-esteem classes. I mean, you name it, we got all kinds of stuff. And the other important piece that I, that I push on, on all the schools and they get mad at me is the field trips. I like to get the kids and the scholars outside the building and expose them to things that they normally wouldn't be exposed to. Big thing that we did last year, we partnered with the Amistad. And I don't know if you remember, the Amistad came up um, to Hartford for a few weeks. We were part of that the entire way. We dedicated a whole summer to that. Um, and so, um, you know, those type of exposures, we went all the way down to Amistad. They learned the journey. I mean, even yesterday we came out on NBC for, um, for um, you know, the girls, introducing girls to technology. Okay. Um, 
we were on the uh, we were on the New York Times last week for McDonough for our innovative strategies on chronic absenteeism. Yeah. I mean, we are so invested. Like, I get excited when I talk, <laughs> talk to you about this because, so, like, you, yeah. Anyway, I let, this is your. Show. No, no, no. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. Trust me. I feel that. I feel it because you know I started when I started my journey as a principal. I started at Milner School with April Golf Brown, right. with Catholic Charities, joining right. us for that for that community school uh, partnership. And so I, I know firsthand what you're talking about and everything that you bring after school as well as during the day. And, right. and you mentioned you mentioned my girl Hakeem yes. over at um, over at Milner. So proud of her and the work that she's doing because she started out as a case manager with in the, in the organization and now is doing big things. As yeah, a she's the director now. And I want to, I want to, I want to grab that for a minute. So she started yeah. off as a, as a part-time youth development associate. Yeah. This is another example of a, of, of a young woman of color, or a woman of color who graduated from Weaver, right. And took the opportunity, went through Catholic charities. And let me just say this, like her journey was very linear. Right. And for the math kids that are listening, linear meaning like a straight line upward. Right. Where oftentimes our journeys are, um, you know, up and down. Right. Like we have to switch jobs. But because of Sahar's effort, everything that I'm doing now or that we're doing now is built off of everything that Sahar constructed along her linear journey. Yeah. Right. And so now she's a director. Right. She went from a part time person 14 years ago to be a director. And so I'm technically her boss, but tell, trust me, Sahar tell me what to do. She runs the so, show. She knows hands-on, man. And, yeah. she, and, and so I, I do have to take the time just to shout out Catholic Charities and their organization. Not only just Sahar coming through that program and you coming through that program, but we loved April when she was there. We loved Damaris Cabrera when yeah. she was there. Kentrell Graham, they both are social workers with Shet us. Work, Shet Shet, work. I was getting to Nichette as well. And it seems like I, I don't interview them all. So it's like, obviously they're great people and, and the organization has been a blessing to us. I didn't know, when, when did the relationship start with Parkville? So we just started this year. And so it's elementary school. And so, um, you know, Parkville, um, uh, shout out again to uh, uh, Principal Figueroa. Ezzy, I, I, I grew up with her in Harper High, so right, I call her right. Ezzy. Um, you know, we, we're just starting there. We're doing elementary school. We're focused on, um, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic, right? So a lot of the struggles that the young people have, particularly the kindergarten and first grade is socialization, you know, and, and, and you know, to these, I call them babies, but let's call them young scholars. You know, they, they, they you know, they, they had to learn on a computer. And so that's what was afforded to us. And so, you know, um, we're, we're trying to help with socialization, um, you know, and, 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 and learning those things and providing the services there. So we got to, I mean, we have a wait list for the after school program. I mean, it hasn't been there before. Uh, we have parent services. I mean, we just had a graduation uh, uh, two days ago where they were learning um, some of the parents, I think like eight parents were learning how to be nail technicians. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so like, you know, you know, this, that, that's what they wanted, right? Like a, yeah. a lot of times we come in and we say like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I leave room for innovation, but I also leave room for, for parents and scholars to tell us what they want. So you mean to tell me, let me get this right. You mean to tell me the parent population over at Parkville had the opportunity to say, you know, work with Catholic Charities on what they would like to see from their school and you were able to put together a nail technician program for them to participate in and graduate from. Yes, so wow. exactly. So, wow. you know, next year we're gonna be working on ESL. There's a big um, um, Spanish speaking population there. Um, so we're working on ESL. Um, there's a, um, a, a really big um, immigrant population. I think the, the, the politically correct word is new Americans, right? Um, and so they need, they wanna work on citizenship. So we're, we're putting that in play. Um, GED classes, resume writing classes. This summer, another interesting one this summer is uh, fitness. And so um, we're contracting a fitness instructor. Um, and in the summer, while the kids, uh, while the scholars are in camp, um, the parents will be outside um, in, in the grass area. And uh, I think we got like 20 to 30 parents signed up. We're going to all get them yoga mats and they're going to be working out. We're going to get a professional wow. fitness instructor because yeah. that's what they want, you know, and coupled along with that, we're going to treat some nutrition. Right. So that yeah. way, you know, um, they could pass that along to their children. 
And, and speaking of nutrition, we also have the first comprehensive food pantry was opened at Milner School. Shout out to Sahar again, where yeah. it is a fully robust, fully functioning community food pantry. Some people just got cans and stuff like that. Like we have refrigerators with, you know, perishable items. You know, we were documented with the federal and the state. We had the ribbon cutting a couple of weeks ago. And I'm excited to say we're looking to launch um, McDonough's um, for September. Now, so wait, wait let's, slow down, let's slow down again with these food pantries now. How do we, is, now are those four, are those specific to the school's population and parents and families, or is that open to the public? I think it's, you know, it's an interesting question. Like, so when we first designed it, right, we were thinking for the parents. So we started off with the parents, but it is so successful. I'm not going to say no to anybody who needs food. Yeah. So we're, we're learning that. So right now, yes, we are serving some outside of the school. We're not promoting it, but there are yeah. families who continue to need and, you know, um, and, and they hear about us and, um, and, and, and they want to be connected. And by the way, we don't call it food pantries. We call it uh, Milner Market, right? Because we don't want, you know, words matter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we don't want a condescending way. So we call it the market. And so these opportunities and, and, and listen, the food and all the prices, you know, um, you know, today as of 429, 22, like it, the economy is really high. And so yeah. the food is expensive. So your dollar doesn't buy as much anymore. So mm -hmm. more people are finding themselves in a position where we, where they need connections to the food pantry. And so we don't look at that in a negative way. We look at it as a market, they go in and shop. Right. And so their children, and we do it in a way that um, is very, um, uh, um, you know, it's, it matches the parents' needs. So, you know, we're excited about all that stuff. Well, let me ask you on this on this note, we're going to get into your um, social work background. And let's mm -hmm. talk about mental health for a second. Why is mental health so important for our kids these days? What are you seeing from, you know, the, the people and the staff that you work with in schools? So I think as a society, right, I think we've grown from 20 years ago right, in, in terms of discussing and understanding mental health, right, to mm -hmm. so now where people are more understanding of what that means. And I pause to say, you know, oftentimes what I tell professionals, I tell parents, I tell scholars, the brain is an organism just like anything else. So if you had problems with your heart, you would take heart medication, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, or you would do physical exercise or activities to improve your heart. Same thing with mental health. It's a part of your whole physical health. And so we have to understand that, particularly coming out of pandemic where people were isolated. You know, we're gonna be studying years to come, you know, this two year period around the pandemic and the effects that it has had, but there's no doubt about it. One of the things that this pandemic brought up is the fact that there's an epidemic with mental health in urban neighborhoods and Hartford's no different. And so, you know, you start to see the importance of that and you're starting to see cultural buy-in from um, uh, some uh, uh, cultural communities that weren't necessarily connected to mental health or looked at mental health as a uh, negative opinion. And so you're starting to see those shifts change. And so I'm not sure, did I answer the question? With no, that? no, no, you're, you're right on point. You're right <laughs> on point. No, I mean, so as it relates to schools, right? Like what are the challenges with that that you might see that your staff might be facing? So I think it's important to also say for the scholars that learn that, that are out there, like, right, you learn more from things that you do wrong. I think it's important to understand that. I have a quote here on my wall, and it says, a person who never made a mistake never tried anything new. Mm -hmm. And why do I say that? Because when we started with the, when I started five years ago with clinical services, we were serving uh, kids and providing them clinical services at 9 a.m., right? But what happens in a clinical uh, meeting? you're potentially, you're letting your emotions out. And now you got to go and do trigonometry or you got to go do algebra right, yeah. when you just, you know, divulge whatever it is that you divulge to your therapist. Yeah. And then we expect the- the the, the, the rest of your academic day and- Engage in your academic yeah. day. So what we're doing now is um, I switched the model um, to a grant-based model where it's more flexible so that we're understanding what are the students doing after the session, right? Mm -hmm. Are they going home? Are they going to an after-school program? If they're in an after-school program, can they be set apart? You know, what kind of strategies? 
what kind of therapy are we providing them? Evidence-based therapy, you know, so that way it can acclimate to their day because we can't just go in and expect these young people. Look, I see a therapist and I say that, hey, I think it's okay, right? You know, we, we deal with a lot of stresses in our everyday life. And as a social worker, you know, when you learn and you go through school, they tell you that you should be talking to someone because you have a lot of vicarious trauma and you need to let that energy go. So, you know, you know, if th- thinking about your own experiences with a therapy session, you know, when you leave there, you're, you know, there's a lot going on. And so we have to understand that. And so that's what I've learned differently from when I first started um, with the clinical model. And, um, and again, just, just you know, I, I, I always tell this to young people because they beat themselves up when they make a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. But you learn from that mistake and that's the greatest le- lesson that life's going to give you. Now, let me, I'm going to switch modes again because you got so many hats, dude. You wear so many hats. Um, the Hartford City Councilman. Being a Hartford City Councilman, what does that mean and how does that relate to our school system, if at all? So um, I think the biggest thing as it relates to the school system, uh, uh, um, Mr. Richardson, is that we, we cut the checks for the school. <laughs> so, you know, who I was listening, let's like, go, let's go. <laughs> we appreciate you, brother. We appreciate you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's 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 kind of a big responsibility. But I think from a, for, as it relates to education, I think from a city side, you know, the, the Board of Ed has its own entity. So we don't get involved into like, what are you teaching for fifth grade social work, right? We look at overall structural processes. We also lobby the state to, so that um, folk, that the state can continue to give us a, our, the funding. And then we also provide in-kind services to the school. So, so that way, again, if you think about it from an administrative point of view, it's kind of the same as the wraparound model for inside the school, right? So we're providing the administration, you know, the snow removal, police services, school crossing guards, you know, those type of things. Um, there's also partnership opportunities where the city provides funding um, on, on numerous levels. And but overall, we approve the budget. So let me back up for a second. Why did you even want to get into politics to begin with? So going back to my journey that I was talking about earlier, as I was doing community organizing and I was lobbying, my journey is 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 no different from everybody else. You know, you you reach these these points in your life where you hit this glass ceiling and you're like, okay, I'm doing this work. I'm doing this work. I did it to the best of my degree, but I see another side where I can be more effective and create change. And so for me, not saying that community organizing is lesser than or being a lobbying is lesser than, those are fantastic careers or social worker, phenomenal careers. But for me and my journey, as I was doing those things, I think about systems and I'm a big systems guy. And, you know, systems were created over a period of time and they need to naturally evolve. And so what I focus is on systems. So why did I go to politics? So that way I could create the system change and I could be more effective in doing so on behalf of families and behalf of you, right? I always, always am a perennial advocate for a community voice, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, we got to think about it in a different way, right? Like, let's, let's, let's make it a business, right? And I'll make it simple for the scholars. Not that they have to be simple. They're more smarter than me. But, right. you know, I like to make analogies. So if you're, if you're at, let's say, uh, I'm trying to think what youth like these days. Let's say, you know, you're at a clothing store. Right? Yeah. What's a famous clothing store, Mr. Richardson, that the kids shop at? <laughs> Pullock. Let's say you're at Pullock. Evelyn. All right. Let's say you're at Evelyn's, right? So I like fitted hats too, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say Eblins only sold black hats, right? And they weren't fitted, they were snapbacks. Yep. And, and Eblins says, okay, this is what the community needs to wear. Black hats, they'll go out of business, right? right? So you have to listen to the people that you're serving, right? That's why Eblins has 40, 50 different types of hats, right? So that way the person who comes in and shops has options. And, you know, they get feedback and they do surveys and they understand what their customers want. You know, here's this, here's this, you know, um, OG Puerto Rican dude walking in the evidence. You know, I'm going to be looking for some Jordans from when I was younger. I'm going to be looking for Boston Red Sox hats now because I'm not walking to the same communities and Celtics hats. Celtics are doing well now these days. 
So, like, you know, uh, yeah, it's just, all right. Just for the record, just for the record, I'm a Sixers fan. Okay. So we'll see you soon. Hopefully, we'll see, we'll see you on the conference finals. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. So, okay. um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, if, and then let's take that to these models and these traditional structures that we're used to. We need to listen. We have to listen to what people need. And oftentimes, people get up in the level, and the further they w- that they get away from listening. I argue that the further you get up in your career, the more you need to listen and the more you need to create opportunities to listen to people that you're serving. Okay. So we got the politics side. We got the active city side. We got the Catholic charity side. How do you do all that? How do you manage all that? Well, I think it's interesting. Um, well, the, another thing is, is that, you know, my number one, my number one job is I'm a husband, you know, and I'm a father. Right. And why I say that is because my kids are already older. Mr. Richardson, I'm, they're 25, 26. Yeah, uh, thank you. I really appreciate that. So yeah, that's, everybody that's who's out age. there, they know his age. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he was their math teacher, by the way. <laughs> so um, the, you know, so they're older. And so they've already, you know, um, Nick Jr. works in, at Achievement First. Jenica has like five jobs, you know, hus- you know, you know, hustling all, all over. The I place. wonder where she gets that from. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then Nick uh, and then Savannah um, uh, is a nutritionist. She works for the WIC program. So that, you know, they're already on their own. My wife, you know, I love her, but, you know, we have these opportunities where I have a little bit more free time. Right. So I Absolutely. Dedicate Yep. You know, you know, you know, my life to these things. And so um, but but as a husband, you know, I always take the opportunity. We go out on, you know, every weekend and you have to put those energies in into the things that that make you who you are. Those are the important things. So all of these things that I do trust and believe my family is the focal point. Right. So, you know, that's what gives me energy that provides me. My wholeness is my children and my wife. You know, I also have extended family. I'm blessed to have my mother and my sisters and my, you know, my sister and my brother here. You know, I connect with them and, you know, having those family opportunities, Sunday dinners, mom does it, you know, she cooks the um, rice and beans, you know, and the family, you know, and you know, those are the type of things that's important to slow down and, and take those things in. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, getting into that family role a second, what would you, what advice do you have for parents um, who are who have their kids in school right now, um, COVID is lightening up, right? You know, we, we're getting to a, a better phase in COVID. Hopefully, although there's talks about going taking a step back right. um, due to due to recent outbreaks. What advice do you have for parents with their kids right now, whether it's in school or dealing with social media or mental health? You know, uh, I'm gonna sound like, you know, the, the old guy, but what, you know, you have to tackle how social media is affecting your child, right? And I'm not gonna be that, that you know, the Oprah, oh, you know, you need to get off the computer, you need to do that, right? Like they're, they're, they're positive functions, but there has to be some oversight on it. The younger these kids are, the more that it's impacting their lives. I was speaking to an assistant principal the other day and there was an issue at one of the schools and the first thing that the young people did was take out their phones to record, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so, you know, um, it's just affecting so much. And so like, you know, my kids are older now. Um, and so when they were coming up Facebook and I, it was my space at the time, it was yeah. a little bit easier to control. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, 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 it's proliferating now. And so I think, how do we control this and parents, you know, know your kids' passwords, go in there. Like, you know, we're giving them phones at such a young age. And I get it. It's a, it's, it's a status, just like when we used to buy Jordans back in the day, right? Like, I right, get right. that. Um, but there has to be a monitoring because these things are affecting the kids' social, emotional learning. And we, we have to try to uh, inject ourselves in that because it's affecting their, their mental health. It's affecting their academics. It's affecting everyone. And the other thing is, I'm the chair of Active City. Get outside. Play sports. <laughs> Be physical, right? Like, I'm not my best physical self because I'm older now. I'm busy. So, <laughs> Mr. Richard, we used to play ball. I used to see me score right, 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 points right, right. on the teachers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm <laughs> you know, a little jump shot, but, but now guess. I swim. Oh, you swim. Okay. I swim now. Yeah, I, I'm a swimmer now. You know, my legs not what they used to be, but we got to get outside. We got to be active. 
We got to connect to people in a, in a real way, not in the digital landscape. We got to learn how to be one-on-one -on -one with people, have friend groups, you know, those type of things, they're beneficial. There are positive things that you can learn out of being a team member. You know, Active City has 18 different sports. Find one. If sports is not your thing, that's fine. There are programs. Hartford's blessed with so many opportunities. So many opportunities. Like, I mean, I'm telling you, like, there's so many wonderful people in the city that dedicate their life to you. There's, there's tremendous access opportunities. Get these kids out there. Yeah. You know, I, I was talking to a parent the other day and um, and, and, and their viewpoint was and uh, not to knock this parent, but their viewpoint was like that. I'm letting little Johnny sit here and play video games because I can see him and it's it's a control and it makes me feel safe. Right. Yeah. But at the same token, we got to unpack that. Right. How are you overseeing Johnny's? You know, he has to go outside as he's having real friendships. You know, you've got to be able to inject that. I understand the control and the safety piece. Oh, my yeah. God, we all want our babies to be safe. But we also have to think about their well-roundedness and the, and, and, and the whole You do. Time. And as long as it's an organized event and you got people that you can trust and it's safe for them to get to, you know, and, and me being naive, I, I, I went through this last week with colleagues because there is some gang activity kicking up in our schools. Mm -hmm. Um. And I'm saying to myself, we still have gangs. Like we still have people out here that's promoting this kind of stuff around, around, you know, um, turf and where you live and, and all this. And I'm like, what, what are our young people doing, man? So it's just good to hear that, you know, Active City is doing what they're doing. I always send shout outs to my man and working with the Hartford Hurricanes. Oh yeah. Trying to get, you know, dip, our people that grew up in Hartford that's, that's trying to get people out there and trying to get kids out there doing something different so they don't lose their lives out here in the street. Um, I, mean, I mean, you get them, I mean, the four hours that you got them on a Saturday, that's four hours less of right. being in risk factors. Right. Right. It's, it's amazing. Um, and me and Phil go back. So, by the way, a shout out to Phil because me yeah. and Phil were football coach rivals. Asking him, about yeah, because you had the Wildcat coach. stuff going on, right? Yeah, no, I, well, at, we go even we go to the city league. Okay. Where I used to coach the Bears, and his team was the 49ers. So that's how long <laughs> we go back, and we used to have battles. Uh, wow. So yeah, yeah, me and me and coach Phil, we go back. That's 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 you know that's again an example of a yeah. great human being. Yeah. Who has dedicated his life to you and um you know me and phil argue who's the better coach but you know i think at this point he has 20 <laughs> years over me but back then he knew i would bring it every week <laughs> yeah so shout out to phil bryant and uh yeah. Harper hurricanes organization i got to get him on as well i had him on my other show before but yeah. i gotta get him on this because he does a lot for Harper public schools for our kids in general um and trying to help support them along the way and it's good when you see the kids that you work with in the past move on to do greater things. You don't hear about them in the news, you know, getting injured, but you see the, the success stories that they can have. I give you, can I give you one? So this yeah, year, I was excited. Well, so two things. So to, some the girls that I coached when they were 10 years old yeah. are now running my programs. That's what's up. So, what's up. so like, like they're running the AAU team and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like on the sideline. They're yeah. like, no, no, cool. I got it. I'm like, I got right, it. I got my it. advice. Like, okay, it's all good. I, you know, so now I'm just a spectator watching them. And yeah. it's just like, because they see the benefit of kids see the benefit of it and they move right. on. I was just at um uh Hartford Yard Goats with uh yeah. with Tiffany um Young. Okay. And um she has this leadership program over there, and it was just just such a nice event, nice organization. And one of her program directors is a former student that was in the unit, the youth elite uh, ambassador program. Okay. And it's just like when you when people go through something and they come back and they work for that organization or they get back to that organization, especially as young people, I just thought it was awesome. A okay. uh, young girl was 19 years old, so that's that's pretty cool. We're getting we're getting tapped on time, so I got to get okay. to the last little pieces here. <laughs> well, you know, um, we could speak for days. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I get it, I get it. Um, what was your favorite school lunch? Mm. coming up listen this is a this is this, this this all right so i'm gonna break it down like this right <laughs> so in elementary school yep. okay we used to get chicken in boxes 
Okay. Yep. That box chicken with the mashed potatoes on the side, that was the number one. Okay. It didn't come every week or whatever. They had pizza and stuff, but the box yep. chicken for me. Okay. okay. That's, that's that West Middle lunch. <laughs> that was no Webster. That was no Webster. No, that's no, what I meant. No Webster. Yeah, I knew it was over in the West, but go yeah, on. Yeah, it was in the West. Yeah. Yep. In Cork Middle, it was fish fillet on Fridays with the Fridays. sauce. Right? <laughs> And you put the French fries in the fish fillet sandwich <laughs> with the tartar sauce off the chain, right? No doubt. Hard for high. Mm -hmm. Hard for high. Everybody know in my generation, they, I, this is the number one answer. Is no question the beef patties. Beef patties. <laughs> Thank you. I love the way you broke that down too. Yeah, man. I'm a food guy. If you want to talk about hard for rice, <laughs> <my fault. laughs> I um. Last thing you or give us something to watch. We like we we okay. on this show we promote uh watching. You know, we started this show. Well, we actually we picked up on the show a lot during uh COVID. And so a lot, you know, COVID was the big yeah binge uh season uh type of thing. So give us something that you watch that that we should I mean be like adult youth. It doesn't matter. It's, a, okay. it's, it's, a, it's it's we we all you know we share we're adults here. So I just so last week I finished Seinfeld. Um I wasn't a Seinfeld person growing up. You went back and watched all the episodes of Seinfeld? Well, it's not not, not in like a weekend. Right? Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but like um, <laughs> over like the last year, I would, you know, I would go to sleep with Seinfeld. It was just very interesting, um, you know, and funny. But, you know, it, it, with Seinfeld, they tell you it's a show about nothing. And yeah. so, you know, it, it allowed me to ease my mind. But you know, in terms of, uh, and, and uh, you know, like what, what's on the TV right now, me and my wife watch Queen of the South. We just finished that. Um, we also watch Snowfall. Yeah. And then I, on my own, right, my wife has her own series she watches. I on my own. My own series that I watch is Bubba Fett, Star Wars, Bubba Fett. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm also watching Winning Time on the HBO Max. Which is about Magic Johnson. You got a lot of stuff going on. You're so you're. Listen to how now. I want to break these shows down for everybody because yeah. this is how well rounded you are. You watch the show about nothing, right? Which is a smart show. I give it to Jerry. That's a, that's a smart show. You're you're a, a Star Wars geek, right? So made yeah. a fourth be with you because you up on the Boba Fett, right? That the Disney Plus thing, that kind of stuff. So you got the geekiness going on there. Yeah. Then you flip it and you like you know I gotta do. La Reina de Sol, right? I got to do the Queen of South, um, which my wife is a big fan of too. And Snowfall, right? So I got to get my guilty guilty pleasures in yeah. with the, the drug game yeah, and yeah. the wars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of context to that. Especially the CIA piece. Right? Yeah, the CIA piece, all that. So I, I, I think that's, that's a good bevy of well-rounded shows you got going there, man. We yeah, appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We appreciate you sharing that with us. And then when you're not with the wife chilling, binging on your shows mm -hmm. or doing all these other things that you do, what are some other hobbies? Or interests? So I like to read as well. So right now I'm reading, I got two books right now. Um, uh, I'm reading uh, right now, How Cities Lose. And, and it's about um, the, the proliferation of our democracy and democratic systems, not, in the, not just in the United States, but across the country and how... Uh, how they're shaped and why they are the way they are. Um, and then I'm also reading Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which mm -hmm. is a narrative, but it's, 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 it's to show you how to, it's a leadership book. So for my reading, I don't really do a lot of pleasure reading. Um, right. I do more reading for like insight. Um, yeah, you're that's you're that's, just, that's yeah. just my thing. Um, I also uh, collect cards. I'm a car car collector. Wait, cars, collection. driving cars? No, 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 cards. C A R D. Oh, cards. Yep, yep. I've been collecting since I was 10 years old. Um, so I'm an avid uh uh based sports sports card. Uh, I was gonna say uh, I was gonna challenge you to a Pokemon battle, but yeah, <laughs> no, not my my son does Pokemon, <laughs> but no, yep. so those are be those are be the uh uh the two uh uh major hobbies that I do when I when I'm on my downtime. Okay, so I, I wanna we, we do have to go, but Yes. I do want to tap in that you are watching the winning time as a Celtics fan. So I just want yes. to put that out there. No, no, it, this is because this, I mean, you can, you got to appreciate greatness. I mean, okay. Magic Johnson, listen, right. I was Magic Johnson on the court. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel you, man. Listen, it's been it's been a pleasure. Yeah. I've been speaking with uh, Nick LeBron, who is I'm gonna run through these again. Who yeah. is the operations and community partnerships manager for Catholic Charity, Catholic Charities, Active City Board Chair, Hartford City Councilman. By the way, for Active City information, you can go to activecity.org for more information on that. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, thank you, and. Um... This is this is awesome. This is an awesome experience. So thank you very much. Yep. That's a wrap. You have just finished an episode of Let's Talk Harford Public Schools podcast. To listen to more conversations from the Harford, Connecticut education community, search Let's Talk Harford Public Schools on your favorite podcast platforms. We are also streaming on WQTQ.fm and Harford Public Schools website. Remember, stand for something or fall for anything.